Hey guys, my name is Sagan and I'm an addict. Hey, what's up? It's Sam and I'm an addict. Welcome back to Recovery on the Real. What's up, guys? What's going on? Um, it's been a while, obviously. It has. It's been a minute. Yeah. It's I always just, been a minute here lately. It has. <laughs> but I mean, we both have so much shit going on right now. Like, yeah. so much. And mm-hmm. we were just talking about that the other day. Yesterday, I think it was, where... Um, you know, you and I have been on this journey yeah. since day one together. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. We met in detox. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I remember when we first started talking to you, you know, we were both, <laughs> you had your, you had that uh, red and black, like, yeah, hoodie. And, you know, the hood was up and you were sitting in the TV room watching TV and I was sitting next to you and then we just started talking, so. I don't even know how it happened. But I don't either. Yeah, yeah. It was like, um, but that's what, like I said to Sam, you know. Yeah. We were we were lost kids yeah. when we met, and now we're like fully functioning adults. Mm. <laughs> well, mm. Sorry, my functioning adults. We make it day to day. I spoke too soon. <laughs> I'm not gonna speak for everybody in this room, but I we can't even there. speak for mine for myself. For mine, I can't even, you can't. <laughs> I can't speak for mine. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, like, we've both got a lot going on right now. I'm trying to manage school and trying to get through um, the university life. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> I know we've talked about it before, but, like, doing those things, that's that's huge, you know? It is. From going from, like, you know, the generation of people who were addicts and alcoholics dropping out of school, not finishing things, right. you know, being homeless, living in depravity, to now having the opportunity to further our lives and our careers and our education. That's yeah. beautiful. Absolutely. I mean, the only issue that I'm running into now that I've, I've gotten, kind of gotten into the groove of things is that I want to do the absolute best that I can, right? So, yeah. like, I took oh, an course. exam the other day, and I got a B. <laughs> and I was disgusted. And then last night I took another exam and I got a 78. And I was disgusted. So I'm going to talk to my professor. Oh my God, you mean about it. you did something human? <laughs> yeah, shut up. I know. I already know. But like, I'm going to talk to my professor because I'm sure there's no way that I got a 78. I know I got okay. higher. There must be something wrong with the, the, okay. the test. Yeah, because everything's about you <laughs> all the time. Shut I mean, up. I know it is because it is for me. Right? <laughs> I am unique and perfect and can't do anything wrong so of course you're wrong it must be their problem it must be the problem must be on their end unfortunately that's not how this works (laughs) we can pretend no (laughs) (laughs) you're right we can't like you can pretend right up until you deal with it with your sponsor (laughs) (laughs) it's true oh my god yeah i've finally gotten into um back into my step work you know last time Mm -hmm. i mentioned that i had my ass firmly planted on step eight which yeah i still kind of do Um, But now my family is in California um, on vacation, so it's just me and my brother at home right now. And honestly, I've found that it's easier to work on that step eight while they've been gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know if it's because I don't have to face them while I'm going through these things because writing down all the things that I did to harm people mostly was my parents like mostly was my family and then myself here real quick pause because at some point this lowered and was all the way down here when i just looked at it so i don't know how all that's gonna happen (laughs) tighten it back up we're having technical difficulties i swear to god we have them every single time we're here every time it's fine 
Okay. Okay, you, you good? You I back? think so. Okay. I'm back either way. Uh, so, I mean, the, the most harm that I caused, I feel like, was to my family and to myself. Yeah. And that's a big one that people overlook themselves. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I didn't put it on and my sponsor was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's look at that. Yeah. The only reason why I put it on is because of my sponsor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was just like, what about what you did to hurt you? Yeah. And I, it blew look my at mind. Us not being unique. <laughs> <laughs> you're, <Yeah. laughs> you're special. Just like everybody else. <laughs> but no, for real, like, it just, now I'm able to really kind of grieve the person that I, yeah, I could have been, you know what I mean? Or, or what am I trying to say? Like, I, I have to grieve my innocence that I lost, you know, because once you, once your eyes are open to this lifestyle, mm-hmm. it's done. It's a wrap. Yeah. Like you'll see it everywhere. Now my thoughts might not be the same, you know, and all that shit, but like real recognize real, right? Like I, I'll see something and then my, I'm like, I think that's a drug deal yeah. <laughs> or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or like that, that guy's high, like for sure. He's high. Yeah. So I don't know. It just, um, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm almost at to that 18 month mark and I feel like my brain is finally, I'm starting to get normal again. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's huge. 18 months. Is, it's a huge mark. Yeah. Um, uh, I was in Washington DC recently and they had a speaker who was talking about the way our brains work in addiction and the way things balance each other and the imbalances of it. Mm-hmm. And it, I wish I could remember his name. Uh, but it was absolutely a beautiful talk, and he was talking about um, the the month markers, like the six-month marker and the year marker and the 18-month marker and the two-year marker. And it's, it shows uh, from, you know, studies and you know, documenting all this in real time mm-hmm. that the uh, the year to the 18 month to two years is the hardest part in recovery that you'll hit. Right. And it is true. Yeah. Around 18 months, you know, you start isolating again, you get depressed, you, yep. you get hit with this sec- this big wave of depression mm-hmm. where you're just like, well, what am I doing? Yep. Uh, it's so much, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know we all have to say with that, you know, it's we're not doing this for the rest of our lives. It's a day to time. But that concept really comes to light every moment at the 18 month mark yeah because like i know for me and my recovery once i hit 18 months i isolated tremendously i pulled back from my circle of friends and i'm slowly just now recovering from that yeah like the friends i had at 18 months i'm slowly building those friendships back because Mm -hmm. i pulled away so much i uh remember messaging my boss at work and just being like i'm so depressed i want to die like i don't understand this right now i don't understand why i'm struggling so much and thankfully, I did have a support system to work through that way. Yeah, for sure. But, like, it, it's hard. It's heavy, you know? Yeah. So, it, I don't know what kind of rant I was going on, but... No, it makes a lot of yeah. sense because you said that, and I started going through that mm-hmm. and kind of starting to maybe see the light at the end of the tunnel or yeah. whatever, but, like, I definitely approached that Mm -hmm. like the depression the isolation was the biggest thing for me yeah i didn't go to meetings i stopped going to meetings i um stopped reaching out like the only addicts that i talked to regularly yeah what (laughs) what i'm listening to you you got this big smile on your face what are you talking about it's just funny because it's like this exact scenario 18 months ago with you and i like I remember you and I were going to meetings every single day together. We mm-hmm. were reaching out to the people. We had the same amount of clean time. 
and then a week happened, and we both hit the same marker. I, I picked up my literature when I didn't want to. I reached out to those when I didn't want to. I did my step work when I absolutely did not want to fucking do my step work. Mm-hmm. And I made it out. Yep. And you had OD'd and ended up in a coma in the hospital because you did all the things that you're saying right now. Right. But, like, the difference is, what have you done differently this time? Well, um, the growth that I'm seeing within myself actually is is pretty incredible when I look at the big picture, right? Mm-hmm. Because you normally, I say normally, the quote-unquote old me, as soon as the shit hits the fan, whatever the situation may be, my behavior is immediately destructive, regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm yeah. going to do whatever this is, whether it's drugs or, or some other type of, you know, prom- promiscuity or whatever. And um, I'm not that way now. Like, I was having a lot of issues at one point, and instead of freaking out, I called my sponsor, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Let's go get lunch. Like, and I had my mm-hmm. breakdown, but I did it with another addict. I did it with my sponsor. Yep. So, like, you're still staying connected. Exactly. And, like, and that's the thing. Like, I I still regularly talk to my sponsor mm-hmm. almost every single day. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, and I'm going to see her this weekend and everything. And then, like, I talk to you semi-regularly, too. Mm-hmm. So, it's not um, – I'm, I'm still connected. I'm still plugged in, right? I just – and I'm, I'm focusing my energy not to be destructive, but to be um, just to be at peace and to, yeah. to focus on getting better, right? Like, I'm dealing with a situation right now um, where this before would have sent me spiraling. Like, it would have sent, but now I just think about it and I my, the thoughts that go yeah. through my head are, um, number one, will it be worth it? Absolutely not. Nope. Uh, number two, will I enjoy the high? Most likely will not. Number three, you know, I have built such a beautiful life for myself and surrounded myself with such amazing people that I don't feel the need to escape that anymore. Yeah. You know, and I don't hate myself today. I'm still working on loving myself. I do mm-hmm. feel like I have some I have respect for myself. I'm working on loving myself, but I definitely don't hate myself today. And how fucking cool is that to see the same situation from 18 months ago and to look at it and be like, okay, but, like, I am going to do this differently. Absolutely. Like, the growth I see in you, it's amazing. And, you know, it's the simple things suggested to us, Mm -hmm. you know? It's following suggestions. and, And, you know... I got high because I wanted to get high. Absolutely. It was a choice. Mm-hmm. I had it in the back of my mind. That's what I was going to do, and that's what I did. And, um, of course, it was, I don't want to say it's. it was all a game before, but, mm-hmm. like, until you wake up in the hospital, you know, it's uh, It's never been that serious before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've always, I've always, you know, when I've overdosed, somebody Narcan's me, or I just come out of it by myself. But, like, um, I actually had to have medical intervention this time. And when the doctor walked in and, and she was just like, yeah, well, you know, we're going to keep you for a couple of days. And I was like, what? 
<laughs> a couple of days. I'm like, I'm fine. Like, I've done this before. <laughs> just shake it off. <laughs> like, it's okay. Shake it off right into my arm. <laughs> she's just like, no. Like, this was serious. And I'm like, oh, you're being so dramatic. <laughs> Stop trying to charge my insurance. Because <laughs> want money. <laughs> but she came in and she's like, my parents were in the room and she came and stood at the foot of my bed and she looked at me and she was like, listen, we really need to figure out why you're doing this. Because this is not a situation that has a long life expectancy. Yeah. Life expectancy. And, um, you know, she said that, and I think the combination of how far I pushed it, and it was so public in front of my family. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Every other time I'd overdose or whatever, I was, they never saw me. Yeah. Like, they barely saw me. Um, they never saw me use. You know, of course they saw me high. But they never saw me um, overdose, ever, ever, ever. And all of a sudden, not only did my entire family see it, like my mom and my dad, but like my uncles and my aunts and my cousins, like it embarrassed the fuck out of me. I was embarrassed. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Now I just, I think I'm, I'm focused differently. You know, I work on speaking to my higher power more regularly and um, realize that at the end of the day, this is this is my life and I don't want to be miserable anymore. I don't want to be unhappy with who I am in, in my life today. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I don't, I shouldn't have to let other people, uh, their behavior dictate to me how my day's going to go. Yeah, for sure. Because I was definitely one of those people that like somebody could ruin my day mm-hmm. and I, I still want it. All day. Yeah. All day. Don't get me wrong. I still stew on some <laughs> shit. But, like, I don't let it control me like that yeah. anymore. You know? Did you see that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Okay. So, did you want to read out of this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, we are going to read out of It Works How and Why... It always drives me nuts when people get the name wrong because they call it how it works and why, and it drives me nuts. <laughs> I've never. I guess I just don't pay attention. See, I do, and that drives me crazy. Anyway, <laughs> all right, page 76. Step eight. We made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. In the previous steps, we began to make peace with our higher power and with ourselves. In the eighth step, we began the process of making peace with others. By acting on our character defects, we inflicted harm on ourselves and those around us. In the seventh step, we asked our higher power to remove our shortcomings. However, in order to gain true freedom from our defects, we need to accept responsibility for them. We need to do whatever we can to repair the harm we've done. In step eight, we begin to rectify our wrongs. We begin to accept responsibility for our actions by listing all the people we have harmed and become by becoming willing to make amends to them all. So, yeah, I kind of went over that already, you know, a little bit. Um, You know, acting out on our character defects, man. I think that's one of the main things that I've um, worked really hard at, is not reacting, you know, not acting out on my character defects. There you go. I was like, what is that word? (laughs) Um. Handling situations better than I ever imagined I could, you know, 
not catastrophizing everything and making it, you know, a situation where I'm like, fuck it, I'm not doing this anymore. And then I do some, like, super self-destructive behavior. So, I don't know. I think... I think that this step, once I get actually in the process of doing it, I, I work on it a little bit every day because, not going to lie, I get down on myself real hard, you know? It's easy to do. Yeah, and I don't know, like, you've already worked a step eight. This is my first time working a step eight. Um, I am just so, I don't, I've tried really hard to love myself and to not talk down to myself, but when I go through the things that I've done to harm people mm-hmm. um, I just get really down on myself and start thinking that like you know I'm a piece of shit like um, I don't deserve good things you know and all this stuff so I don't know it's just weird so like my I lost my train of thought okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sam addict <laughs> <laughs> while our efforts to make amends may make a difference in the lives of those we have harmed this process has its greatest impact on our own lives. Our objective is to begin clearing away the damage we've done so that we may continue with our spiritual awakening. By the time we work our way through the process of making amends, we will surely be astounded at the level of freedom we feel. Uh, yeah. So one of the big things I personally got out of working as step eight was uh, the part where it says became willing and make amends to them all. Mm -hmm. Uh, The willingness really did clear so much freedom in my heart that I had not expected. I shut the book on accident. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like there are a lot of traumas that I've been through, a lot of situations that I personally did not put myself into that have happened to me. Uh, You know, a lot of violence happened to me as a child. Um, No, of course, I'm not going to stop my parents and apologize for being a bratty child, you know? You're not going to say you (laughs) deserved what they did. No, like I was a child, you know. It's children's jobs to be defiant and ask questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's your parents' job to react with kindness and guidance. So, like, no, I I don't feel bad for things that I did as a child. Uh, So, I did, though, sit down with my sponsor and really did work on the willingness, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, I've spoken about it before, making amends to my grandmother and the further trauma she had put onto me from, uh, you know, disowning me and telling me what she really felt about me. Like, that hurt. That, that really did break me. But but I was willing, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, you took action. Yeah. yeah. And I did sit down and really think about it and, you know, sit with my higher power on the situation. And at some point, like, I am. I, I, I would be willing to sit down with my mom or my dad and speak to them. Mm-hmm. Yes, that would harm me further doing so. Absolutely. Sincerely, yeah. it would. Uh, and so I'm not going to go do these things. I'm not going to go out of my way to have a conversation with people who don't have the time or would not make the effort to reach me on the level that I'm reaching them. Right. So, you know, that's fine. I I will never get to make those amends, but I am willing today. And that has lifted up just an absolute level of anger I had in my soul, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, You know, because I did harbor resentments and anger towards them. 
But just me sitting down and being willing really did clear a lot of freedom in my heart. And I am grateful for the step working process to reach me at that point, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think the most important thing that you brought up um, was that you became willing to make mm-hmm. the amends, right? Because, like, when I started Step 8, I was not willing. Right. <laughs> you know, my step work included yeah. that I had done no wrongs. <laughs> I was not in the wrong. Yeah. And fuck those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, no, you know, know, thank God we have sponsors to work us through things and to help us see things clearly. Yeah, and thank God for growth. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, a lot of people, I think, forget, again, that when you say, you know, you're willing to willing to make amends to people, but you don't want to cause harm yeah. in that amends, that means yourself, too. Oh, absolutely. That's the biggest thing, not causing harm to ourselves. Like, So there's no yep. reason for you to put yourself in a situation um, to to try to contact these people or make amends mm-hmm. or smooth things over or clear the air or however you want to put it. You know, just to be, just to put yourself um, in a situation to get hurt. Yeah. Because we already know that that's what's going to happen. Like, absolutely. It's, it's happened already. You know what I mean? And I'm assuming it's because you've reached out to them. No. <laughs> when? What? When did your grandma reach out to you? Oh, no, I reached out to her. Oh, okay, that's what yeah. I meant. Like, yeah. So. Oh, I was like, I have not texted my, <laughs> my parents. I have not called them. I did see them the other day. Oh, so that, hold on, hold on. In yes. person? Yes. We have not spoke about this, no, haven't we? No, we haven't. So one of the amends I've been making is slowly getting back in contact and forming a relationship with my daughter again. Mm-hmm. That's been absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Uh, she invited me to her birthday party uh, this past month. Yeah. And I went. Mm-hmm. And my whole family was there. Oh, boy. My twin was there, who I haven't spoken to in eight years. Uh, you know, my little sister, who I haven't spoken to in just this, probably the same amount of time. Uh you know, my mom, my dad, everyone was there. So that that was definitely wild. Um, Tell me about that experience. Like, what? So what I walk in half expecting to see them, half not. I really tried not to put that much thought into it before I got there right. because, woo, exciting. Yep. <laughs> but I did go in, and uh, it was pretty awesome to be there for my daughter's uh, 13th birthday. That yeah. was that was beautiful, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really focused on her and my son the whole time. Uh made light conversation with my twin. Uh, At one point, I'm looking around the kitchen, and it's only her and I in the corner of the kitchen away from everyone else. And, like, I forget who said it first, her or I, but it was, like, exciting. (laughs) And, like, we we still, you know, uh, we're twin twins. Right, yeah. (laughs) We did not want to be in a room with 50 people. We were out to the – we were in the corner next to the food. (laughs) Like, that's (laughs) that's where we were both hiding, Uh, you know. And, you know, I I spoke to them in passing, made a little comment here or there, and it was – I was really proud of myself after it was done because, you know, all my siblings were there except one – but I, I didn't pause during any of it to make an amends to them during the party. Right, right. Because yeah. my daughter's 13th birthday party is not about me, and it's not about the past eight years where the past 30 years worth of trauma I've inflicted on their lives. Yeah. So, There's uh, a time and a place. Yes. And I'm really proud of myself for the growth to recognize that that was not the time or a place, mm-hmm. but it did open a door. You know, like right. my daughter, uh, her stepmom, I sent her a friend request on Facebook the other day, and she accepted it. So, like, that's an amends I can slowly start opening. Uh, it, it's just these little steps along the way that me going to that and being decent. Like, the day after her birthday party, 
they let me pick her up and take her to the movies on my own. Right. Like, that's not happened in years. Like, what an amazing opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, and so just me going and showing up and just being there and being present, mm-hmm. uh, I'm slowly, you know, the, the doors are not open, but I'm in front of the doors, or but at least progress. I'm walking to them. Yeah, and and I'm. it's really crazy that you brought that up because I was just listening to um, another addict share their story, and he was talking about how, you know, when you're in your first 30 days, everybody wants to make their amends. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> I remember I was like six hours out of treatment and I went through my whole phone list. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm a junkie. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I have ruined your life. <laughs> because everything is about me and the world revolves around exactly. me. Exactly. I specifically have ruined your life with my messy blah, 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 blah. Exactly. And so like I remember being like six months to eight months clean and being like, oh, that happened. Yep. <laughs> and so, like, some of those people I've never talked to since then because I'm so humili... It's like, I am tired of making amends for amends I've made. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God, what is that mess? <laughs> no, but it's true because I'm pretty sure I was that way, too. But, like, he was like, you know, everybody wants to make amends in their first 30 days. Yep. You know, they want to skip ahead to, nope. to step nine. It's just like, no, you can't... No, that's not how that works. Yeah. And he was like, you know, really, at the end of the day, like, what... What needs to happen and what usually happens is you work on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't worry about what other people are doing. You know, eventually yeah. they'll come around because once they see that you've put in the time and mm-hmm. you've grown and you've changed and you've done all these, you know, great things and you're getting yeah. your shit together, they're going to want to be in your life again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's not something that you're going to have to chase. Yeah, you know, for then sure. You can, of course, reach out, you know, things like that, but you don't have to constantly be like, Please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me. Yeah, because that's not what it's about anymore. One of the most beautiful lessons I have learned about an amends is that it's not about forgiveness. You know, like, at no point, and I'm sure there will come a time where it is appropriate to say it, but at no point in amends have I made so far have I said the words I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Because, for one, in my opinion, it is not their responsibility to forgive me. Right. And I should not be putting that on them. Because when we make amends... In all honesty, that's for us and our step work. Yeah. That's to make us experience freedom. We're not holding on to it anymore. So now at this point, when we say we're sorry, you only say you're sorry when you're expecting and I forgive you. Mm -hmm. And so for us to now take our responsibility and place it on them, that's irresponsible. It's not appropriate for how our step work works, in my opinion, you know. And so, you know, I I don't think we say we, we should say we're sorry. It's honestly, you know, I was wrong. I was wrong as big. It's, it's holding yourself accountable. Yeah. It's it's acknowledging the fact that you did it. Mm-hmm. It's not even so much as a, I'm sorry. Whatever. It's done. It's over. You can't yep. go back and change it. But it's definitely an acknowledgement of yeah. I fucked up. I was wrong and I see that. Yeah. That's I, big. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because <sighs> I'm getting real annoyed lately. Why? Let me just tell you. <laughs> because... You've got people that actually put time and effort and work and, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears into their program, right? And they're just, they're working it. Really yeah. Good. Where's this going? This is, I'm going to cut this part out probably. Because okay. I'm getting annoyed. But, like, then you've got these other people that it's just, like, they're the same person they were before they got clean. You know, just because they're not putting a substance in their body. Yeah, but, like, that all goes back to how bad do you want this? Right. It, it, this might be a shitty opinion, 
But like, I can cut this whole thing out if you want because shitty opinion. If you're sitting here with any kind of substan- substantial amount of clean time, and you're either miserable, you're not happy, you're still living in desperation and depravity, you might as well be fucking high. Honestly, I got clean at some point because I didn't want to die, yes. Right. But because I, I wanted to be happy and healthy mm-hmm. and I wanted things, you yep. know? Like, th- that initial desperation to get clean is like, oh, I don't want to die. Like, yep. yeah, there's that. Of course, there's always going to be that. Yeah. But, like, I, I worked a program. I found a recovery program. I found a sponsor. I started my own path because I wanted more out of life. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to sit here at the end of the day and not experience the more part of life, I might as well be fucking high. Right. And I know a lot of people can't, haven't, will not sit down and look at that because that means facing themselves. Right. You know, it's hard. Maybe they need to be miserable to be, to realize it. I don't know. You know, there's a million ways that can play out. Well, that's why but, people jump into relationships so soon in recovery. Oh, I knew I was nowhere near healed. No, nowhere near. I am a, I was, am still a walking, you know, like tornado. Like, I am wreckage. I am pure ship wreckage. Like, <laughs> bad. Yeah, yeah I, I got trauma. And you I'm know? not talking about you, I'm talking about me too. <laughs> like, yeah. but, but the fact that we're able to recognize that, mm-hmm. we're, we're not causing harm to anybody else. Yeah. Because we've recognized that fact. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? So it's just... I mean, I have ruined so many relationships and yep. been such a negative... I have been toxic in so many people's oh, lives yeah, that yeah. I have been seeing and involved with emotionally. Yep. And, like, I'm at the point where I want so much more and wonderful out of life mm-hmm. that I don't want to walk into anything unhealed. Yeah. And I know I'm not at the level of healed I want to be today to address a relationship. So when I see people doing it very early on, it does hurt me. But we always have to remember we, we can't fix people, you know? We can't be people's higher powers. Exactly. We can't step in and say, hey, this is what's going to fix your life. We can only say, hey, this is what fixed my life. Yeah. Hopefully they take suit. Hopefully they don't. Yeah. But, or I mean, not hopefully they don't. That was the hopefully they take suit. Maybe they don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's just so crazy from the person that I used to be to who I'm now, you know? Yeah. With the promise promiscuity you know what I mean like I didn't realize how much I hated myself and that's why yeah. I did those things oh absolutely you know I um we we have a hole in us and that's that's why we drank that's why we did drugs stop <laughs> grow up <laughs> never that's why we drank that's why we did drugs that's why we filled ourselves with sex with shopping with gambling with attention with power mm-hmm. with jobs you know we, we tried to fill that void with anything yeah and so of course sex which is something that you know it at the baseline releases endorphins you know mm-hmm. affects your dopamine does all the chemical things and it makes you feel good you know yeah. getting attention from someone even if it's being used you See, know that's the biggest thing I needed that validation. Mm-hmm. Validate me. Make me feel pretty. Make me feel sexy. Mm-hmm. Make me feel wanted. You know? And it just leaves you feeling even emptier afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that was one of the things that I had to put on my character defects list. And um, my sponsor asked me, like, okay, so who did you hurt with that behavior? And at first I was like, nobody. Like, who the fuck? Like, nobody's <laughs> getting hurt. Like, whatever. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, holy shit. I hurt myself. Yeah, I yeah. hurt myself. I put myself in degrading situations. Absolutely. You know, 
I wanted to be used because at least I was getting something. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, I, sometimes I hurt the other person because they would catch feelings or whatever. And hey, who's got time for that? Yeah. And I, I was, you know, quote unquote, I was acting like a dude or whatever, but I was just like, you need to get the fuck out. Like, it's over. <laughs> get out. Like, it's time yeah. to go. But like, I hurt myself a lot with that. And I do regret a lot of it mm -hmm. because just like with drugs, if I loved myself, I wouldn't have done that to myself. Absolutely. So, I mean, and there's a difference between people that just really like having sex and sleeping around. Like, that's do you, that's yeah. you. But the reason I did it was not good. Self-harm. Exactly. It was not good. It was not a good There's situation. a meme that I always liked that was like, anyone I dated before I got claimed was an act of self-harm. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Where did you leave off at? I left off at right there. So you start there. Okay. I thought you were saying you left off there. I was like, what? In the middle what? of sentence. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. Fix it. All right. We are involved in a process designed to free us from our past so that we are able to live fully in the present. Many of us are haunted by memories of our mistreatment of others. Those memories can creep on us without warning. Our shame and remorse over our past actions are so deep that these recollections can cause us to feel unbearable guilt. We want to be free of such guilt. We begin by making a list of the people we've harmed. So, yeah, that, um, the memories can creep up on us without warning. That happens to me. Yeah. I don't want to say every day, but it happens often enough that it's like an issue, right? Yeah. Because I'll just be driving and then something will pop up that I've done to somebody. And I'm just like, oh, no. Like, that was really bad. That was really, really bad. And um, they just come out of nowhere. Like, it just, it happens when I'm least expecting it. And it just, it, they come out of nowhere. And I fucking hate that. I'm really trying to not let the psychological part of the situation, like, psych me out. You know what I mean? Because I'm... I swear to God, my mind, you know, they say mind, the mind is a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. My mind is really powerful because as soon as like I, I get scared of having thoughts because I know that yeah. those thoughts are going to be obsessive. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And like, um, like sometimes like I'll hear a clip of a song or something and I'm like, oh, no. And then it starts going through yeah. my head and I'm yeah. like, I fucking hate that shit. So like I have to be really careful with what I uh, read and what I listen to and, you know, the people that I speak to because... That shit will stick me stick with me for a while. And um, there's nothing worse than when you're having, like, a good time and then one of those memories just kind of pop up mm -hmm. and just rains on the fucking parade. But, see, that's, like, the big part of having a circle right now at this point in recovery yeah. in particular, at 18 months, uh, having that, that crowd that you surround yourself with that understands and knows. Like, and I'm not saying at no point that the newcomer is not important but, like, when I was around 18 months clean, I really did just try to be around people with a substantial more amount of clean time than yeah, me. Yeah. Because, like, I needed people to understand what I was going through. Mm -hmm. I needed to be guided through it because it was scary, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, something different really does click around that time. And a lot of people relapse around that time, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, I've absolutely, you know, newcomers are important and helping people with less clean time than you. But I really did try to stay away from anyone who did not know or could not help me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. Every member of the community is just as important as the next person, mm -hmm. right? Like, 
when I first got here and I heard you only keep what you have by giving it away, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but now I'm sitting here like, holy shit. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. It only makes sense. But but that's the thing, right? Like, you have to make the decision. You have to be desperate enough. And you have to to want to get well enough yeah. that regardless of what you want on the surface, like, yeah, of course you want to hang out with people your age with the same amount of mm-hmm. clean time as you because you guys got shit in common yeah. and whatever. But, like, you need to be able to make that decision to choose the people that have what you want and get next to them, mm-hmm. you know, and do what they do, do as they say. So, I don't know. Um, yep. Hello, Sam Addict. <laughs> Why do you keep doing that? I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I need to do that. <laughs> like, they already know who I am. <laughs> In case they get us mixed up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like that. <laughs> Just thinking about our list may frighten us. We may be afraid that we've done so much damage that we can never repair it. Or we may be afraid of facing the people we've harmed. We find ourselves wondering how our amends will be received. Our most hopeful projections probably entail being absolved by any wrongdoing. Our most nightmarish expectations... I'm sorry, those are big words. (laughs) I mean, not really, but they looked large as I was reading them. Okay. Our most nightmarish expectations may involve some refusing to accept our amends, preferring instead to take revenge. Most of us have had fairly vivid imaginations, but this is not the time to get ahead of ourselves. We must avoid projections, either negative or positive, about actually making our amends. We are on the eighth step, not the ninth step. At this point, making a list and becoming willing to make amends are our only concerns. That was huge for me. Yeah. Because I went through that whole process, and of course, everyone goes through the whole process, and that's why it's so specifically written in this literature. Right. Like, right now, we're not... You you don't have to worry about all that. Like, yeah. We, but that's what we're good at. It's Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Thank God we have a program that understands us at our very core. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... And that's really what my sponsor drove home to me because I went through as I was uh, reading my eight step and I was going through this and that and this and that and all these twists and turns and possibilities and outcomes. And he was like, I'm sorry. When did you do your ninth step? Right. And I was like, I did it. Valerie calls it future fucking myself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I hate the little sayings, but the little sayings are there for a reason. They're so cliche, but they're One so One day true. at a time, you know? You bra- we, we're complicated people. <laughs> yeah, we're complicated people, you know? Like, we have to have these little sayings because what the fuck else are we going to do? They're going to stick in your mind. Absolutely. That that's the shit that yeah. you're going to remember. Absolutely. And so, I mean, just exactly like it says, it, it's not a today problem. Don't worry about it today. Mm-hmm. The fact that we sat down and became willing is really what makes this step. See, and I think that's that's a really big thing because we're learning to take responsibility and do the things that we need to do, mm-hmm. right? But we're also learning how to manage those things. Yeah. So, like, this is what I need to do right now. Mm-hmm. This is what I can do tomorrow, next week, whatever, but yep. I'm not going to worry about that until I get there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we learn how to manage our time and we learn how to manage our thoughts um, because there are still cer- certain situations that I can... I get really bad anxiety over. Yeah. But, like, I've really, really tried to just let it go. If it's out yeah. of my control, what can I do? And I'm just making myself, excuse me, I'm just making myself miserable, you know? So, and that's the whole point. Like, we didn't get clean to be miserable. Mm-hmm. We got clean so that we 
could actually like enjoy living. Absolutely. So, you know, with this, um, shit, I was going to say something else. I heard that guy say, fuck. Oh, he was saying, you know, if you're abstinent from drugs, you're white knuckling it or whatever. He's like, and you're still miserable. There's obviously something missing. There's obviously something that you should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's therapy or whether it's a 12-step program or whatever, he's like, you need to reach out and you need to connect with other people. And um, he was like, uh, most of the people I talked to, he's like, in the last stages of your addiction, your active addiction, you know, when was the last time you had a really, like, you, you laughed until you cried? Mm-hmm. Like, you had that, like, real, like, belly laugh that, yeah. like, you know, that just... it. I remember some of the first times we laughed in treatment together. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I remember being at the table with everyone. I'm saying everyone, and I'm doing big hand movements, because I know you can picture, as I yes. say, exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. And we were playing uh, Cards Against Humanities, yep. and you and I were just crying, laughing, and the whole table was just staring at us, like, what did we miss? And they were like, you guys can't show each other the cards. That's cheating. <laughs> and we're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but, like, it, it was for the first time, like, I was on the same level with someone, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the joy we were getting from just making that human connection together. Absolutely. It really was. Um, and it was something so simple. Yes. It was so simple, yeah. but it was so uh, meaningful. Yeah. So it's just, that's the thing, you know, get around some like-minded people. Yeah. And choose who you're around carefully. Absolutely. Because some people are still, you know, energy mm-hmm. vampires. They'll just, they'll just... Oh, my God, yes. That's what we talked about this morning. Right. They'll just yeah. suck you dry. It's like, I can't handle that. Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely, you know, your, your space is protected. Protectable. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing. You don't have to entertain people that you don't want to entertain Oh, like absolutely. I, I allow what I allow today, exactly. and I have the ability to choose. Because we, we have, we've worked really hard at having boundaries, mm-hmm. and that's boundaries for I'm going to go to work tomorrow. Be like, I don't allow this, is my <laughs> boss is telling me what to do. <laughs> Good luck with that. But, like, it's not just we're working on our boundaries, but we're able to work on other people's boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, when they give you a boundary, we have to respect that. Yep. We have to learn how to respect that. That's hard. And it is hard because, yeah. again, we think of ourselves. Like, we're not really thinking that much about the other person. Oh, because, like, doesn't everyone know it's all about us all the time? Listen, when I first started this podcast and I was with uh, Valerie, I left my laptop charger at her house, and I texted her that night. I was like, oh, I forgot my charger or whatever. Okay. Um, can I come get it? And she was just like, no. Like, I'll bring it to you tomorrow sometime. And she was like, I'm, I'm at home, like, I'm not. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. And it kind of, I was like, damn. Yeah. But then I was like, she's right. Yeah. Like, she's right. Like, it, she's right. <laughs> she's right, you know? And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really learning boundaries. And with my family, it's kind of a slippery slope, right? Because we're so used to trampling all over each yeah. other's boundaries that when we do... Um, I don't want to say put the other one in their place or whatever, but, like, when we do stand up for ourselves and we're like, no, that behavior is not okay, it's almost taken as an offense. Yeah, absolutely. So it's um, it's a slippery slope, but it's one that I think we're, we're doing all right. You know, we're learning. Um, but at the end of the day, I keep saying at the end of the day, I hate that. I hate that saying. 
But, you know, eventually. At the end of the road. At the end of the road. <laughs> when the sun. sun. <laughs> what were you going to say? I don't even know. I don't what were you going to say? <laughs> we were saying the same words, but I, I don't know. think we were on the same destination. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to say at the end of the day, but, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, as long as we uh, keep focusing and we keep working towards something greater than ourselves, because yeah. it's, it's usually in service work, right, that... That it, we find the most Service freedom. work has been, I was literally about to say, so freeing. What? Like, I don't think I could be this far in my work. Like, in, at this point today, in 20 days, I will hit two years. Hell yeah! Yeah. And, like, service work has been so huge for me. I mean, I was of service to my home group for a year and a half. I mean, now I have a new home group, and I haven't stepped up service there yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm slowly fi- filing into the home group feel, you yeah. know, the new group. Yeah. Uh, I'm... Of service to the recovery program I'm living in. I'm of service to my sponsees. Uh, and, you know, it's so filling. Yeah. It feels good to do these things. I was talking to uh, someone else the other day, and he was like, oh, I want to do a position of leadership or power the way he worded it. And I was like, instantly was like, you're going to be so let down, buddy. <laughs> well, like, we clearly, you can't do any of this for recognition. There, no. There's not going to be much. Once you step away, someone else will pick up your spot and probably do it better (laughs) because that's what I'm learning. (laughs) I mean, you're not, in my experience, because I've done that before, obviously, Mm -hmm. if you take a position for the accolades, you're not going to get anything out of it. Yeah, it can't be like that. It's not service work. No. And you're you're doing a disservice to yourself and to those other people, Mm -hmm. you know. So, and... Spooky season is next next month. Oh my god, I can't wait for spooky season. (laughs) It's my favorite. We'll have to do a spooky season podcast. Like a certain oh my god, I don't know what it's gonna be about, but it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we gotta go. Uh yeah. Fuck my brain just Thanks for joining us, guys, and thanks for listening to us. This has been awesome, like always. Thank you so much. And just remember you never have to use again no matter what. No matter what. Love you. Bye. Bye guys.